0: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
1: Hey, y'all. This is Justin Mitchell from The Sun Herald in Biloxi, Mississippi. And this is Out Here in America.
0: Well, congratulations to Alabama's newest senator, not Roy Moore.
1: This week, we're just northeast of Birmingham, Alabama with Carson Jones, the son of Alabama's newest senator, Doug Jones. Carson also happens to be gay.
0: Someone like Roy Moore is not someone that represents Alabama. And so if this minority opinion gets to send someone like that, then. It's not the place I want to be.
1: After recently graduating from college in Denver, Carson moved back to his small hometown of Mountain Brook to pursue his dream of being a zookeeper. But when we talked to Carson in the busy railroad park in downtown Birmingham, politics were on his mind.
0: I think that one thing that we talked about as a family getting into this was being genuine.
1: That sincerity led to Carson becoming a meme in January, when he was caught side-eyeing Vice President Mike Pence as his father was sworn into office. And he says he works every day to make sure that moment isn't the last time people focus on LGBTQ communities in Alabama and the rest of the Deep
0: South. People who don't know who I am and they hear that I'm from Alabama, they're like, oh, wow, that election, that really changed things. That was great, so. We're trying to change the perception a uh, little bit by little bit.
1: Carson and I sat down to catch up about what life is like in the political spotlight and how he's trying to make a difference back home in Alabama. Stick around on Out Here in
0: America. Uh, <laughs> what on earth is this? we will have easy. like the sounds of the city behind us, but it's not quite <laughs> so loud. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so how has being back home been so far?
0: interesting. It's been good. You know, I, I mean, I left here five years ago. I went to the University of Georgia, and then I went to, to Colorado, and so I haven't really lived here in a while, and it's been good. It's been interesting to be back. All the Joneses are under one roof, because my brother's home right now, too, so. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, we, we've had fun. Was Birmingham a lot different when you left it five years ago? Um, it feels a lot different. It may not have actually been as different as I think it is, just because there's not a lot to do if you're underage and you can't go out in Birmingham so there's like you know everyone like hangs out at the mall and goes to movies and then when you get into like high school and those years before you can like you're actually 21 and you can go out there's just not a ton to do so I didn't really start experiencing the city I mean until I was home for one summer a couple of years ago and I you know got to go out and see stuff but I think that it's grown a lot culturally it's the city itself is, is changing quite a bit. The state is changing as well. It just goes at a little bit of a slower pace. So,
1: It's weird coming back home, especially like politically, and the election brought out like all the voices all at once, and it's just like hitting you in the face all the time, and it kind of almost forces you to kind of be able to have a little more of a voice than maybe I would not have been comfortable with.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because I lived in Denver during the 2016 election, and when I look back on it, I and like disappointed in myself a little bit because i lived in i lived in an area that was like it was pretty fairly blue and fairly easily blue and i definitely like did not do enough to be active to show a voice to participate i mean i voted but i didn't really do much more than that and so afterwards when it wasn't the result that we wanted it was kind of that like wake up like oh wow this is partially on me this is partially on people like me that didn't didn't do very much you know
1: it's like, the thing that I struggle most with is you almost have to use your voice in the ways that you can. And you have to be more active because that's the only fighting chance you're gonna have,
0: essentially. And I understand. I felt the same way. It was this like overwhelming sense of like doom a little bit, but it, it teaches us a lot of lessons moving forward, so we gotta just have to figure it out for next time. Uh, we have to do a lot more listening and a lot less talking at people yeah. to make things work for sure.
1: I mean, your dad uprooting Roy Moore is like probably the most refreshing thing in politics I've seen in a long Thank time. You. <laughs> um, there's some There's a candidate from the coast who's a Democrat who's taking on like an old school boy in Mississippi, and the big talk right now is, is, is David Barry going to have a Doug Jones moment in Mississippi? And I don't really know. but you know, your dad situation, your dad getting out there and getting the vote really gives me hope a little bit, I think.
0: Well, I think it was this interesting wake up call where we were like, okay, the world hasn't completely lost its mind. You know, like there is some decency still there in politics and some like coming together that can happen, crossing party lines when, It's when it's, you know, we gotta do that in order to make real change happen. So there's a lot of people that have come up to us and have been like, oh, like, you know, this race has encouraged me to run for something. And that's so awesome. That's one of the best things that we hear and one of the most exciting things that we hear because at the end of the day, more people engaged in the process is always better for the process. There's a lot of people that feel like they aren't there's not a way for them to be engaged in the process, and just running for little things, you know, city council and all that kind of stuff, it's all important. Were you worried that there was going to be a Roy Moore, Alabama oh, situation? Oh yeah. absolutely. I think that Roy Moore is very well known, which holds a lot of sway in Alabama. You know, there's a lot of fear out there and a lot of concern that, you know, this is who we are, or this is who this state is, and I think it just showed the, the possibility of what's out there and, and that people are willing to fight f- for good things and fight for people and fight for issues. And they made this realization that like, this person is not Alabama. He does not represent the majority of what, of what people in Alabama think and feel. Were you able to be home for, the, for election day? Yeah, yeah, so I came in helped a little bit with some campaigning stuff and then I actually popped over to Georgia. I helped a friend get married and then came back and yeah, so I was I was here for all of that. Mm-hmm. What was it like? Um, it's a little surreal. Doug Jones is the winner. CNN projects that he is the winner. A huge setback for the President of the United States. And looking back on it, I don't remember as much as I necessarily thought I would have. It's kind of all a whirlwind. We were at the Sheraton and um, we had some close family friends and. My dad is very nervous when it comes to things like this. He makes the comment that he'll, he'll never not be nervous waiting on a jury to decide, because he was a lawyer beforehand. So this felt like waiting on a verdict. and. Um, so we were all pretty nervous and pretty worried, and if you were watching the national news, we were behind for a long time. <laughs> but the national news wasn't really breaking the numbers down, and so we actually, it wasn't until we kinda got into some of the numbers in the individual counties, we were looking on the New York Times website, and that broke it down by county, and we were like, oh, well this isn't in, and this isn't in, and then we started to get a little bit of hope, and then we went down to see some more people, and then, I mean, it got called, and we were going down, and he was speaking, and then it was over. And we were like, we just kinda sat back and we were like, Oh, wow, we did it, <laughs> you know, it was, it was pretty surreal. Carson, do you think moving
1: home, if Roy Moore were the senator here, do you think things would be a little bit different? Would you? Oh Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I think that there was a lot of fear that someone like Roy Moore brings out the worst in people. And if that's who we're gonna send to the Senate, you're gonna see a lot of attitudes that maybe are just kind of at simmer point, get to be a, more boiling. I mean, if he had won, I wouldn't have moved home, for sure. I I would have figured something else out, I would have done something else, but I I can't imagine living in an Alabama that would send someone like that to represent them at the federal level. So,
1: I gotta know. My friends have to know, the people have to know. (laughs) I need to know what was going through your mind at the, the moment that they snapped this photo of your side eye to Mike Pence.
0: And that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you are about to enter, so help you God? I do.
1: When your dad was being sworn in.
0: (laughs) It's definitely one of the most uncomfortable situations I think that I've been in, just because, you know, it's when you meet someone who you know, like doesn't really believe in your right to exist. That's definitely a very uncomfortable moment. And you're trying to save face and trying to do the best you can, but, It definitely, you know, really kind of hits you. And it's funny when you watch the video of it because we're all pretty tense. (laughs) Well, I was just about to say, I mean. (laughs) We're all pretty tense in that moment. And then it's funny because actually, Mike Pence was very nice and Joe Biden was there and he's one of my dad's friends. They've known each other for a long time. And um, he invited Joe Biden into the photo with us. And you see in the video that when he invites Joe Biden into the photo, we just all instantly (laughs) (laughs) relax. Oh, Joe's here. It's going to be okay. (laughs) You know, we can breathe for a second. But it definitely, you know, is a a striking moment um, to be next to someone who is... It's not that they disagree with you, it's that they they are adamantly against you. They're adamantly against who you are as a person. It's different to have a difference in opinions, but I don't believe in I don't, you know, believe that he doesn't have the right to do x y and z. So it's it's a very odd dynamic to be involved yeah, in. Yeah, he doesn't
1: he he literally doesn't think that you should have the same rights as other people and yep. I mean, your face really is like a meme of a meme of a meme of a meme. But, but I was gonna mention like even your mom and your dad looked really just
0: like Ooh. we're like smiling. We're we're doing the proper southern thing it's and <laughs> keeping it all together.
1: But also I'm trying to like this is a smile, but don't test me too close. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's but, funny
0: because that photo keeps reappearing. Like even this week, that put a new meme up and sent it to me, and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> doesn't doesn't end, but. <laughs>
1: That photo, and not only seeing your face, but seeing like your parents, it's like almost like a breath of fresh air because it's really like it's being polite, but it's also like my kid's standing next to you and we love him, but you don't feel the same about him. And this is really uncomfortable. And that is something in politics today that's really refreshing
0: that it's not just like, oh, hello. you know, We're not a politician's family. This is not what we do. Like we want to be real people speaking for real people, listening to real people, hopefully helping real people. And so we are, you know, we try and be very authentic and very genuine, not to win votes, but to enact change for people um, and to make people feel like they are part of the process.
1: Did the conversation about you being gay ever come up when you guys were Um, thinking about campaigning or?
0: Well, it was one of those things where me and my dad talked about it a little bit. We knew that it could get really dirty could get really mean it honestly didn't get as dirty and mean as it could have we knew that it could definitely come up but we knew who we are and we knew that you know if it had to be addressed it would be addressed and we wouldn't hide anything from anyone and we would continue being who we are you know we were never going to use it as a campaign strategy to play this card or we definitely you know weren't out chatting to everyone and doing the whole thing we were just being normal people if that makes sense so we knew that it could get bad, but it really didn't. Um, we were, you know, fairly lucky, to be honest.
1: There aren't very many politicians, especially here, who have gay children or who are even open to talking about that, and it was great to see that, to see, like, the article about your dad saying he learned to accept people from you, and, like, that's that's gotta be something that's really nice, especially because it doesn't really often happen much down here.
0: No, yeah, um, you know, I'm so lucky. I have great, amazing parents and such an amazing family. And we try and just be real. And this is—we don't put on an act. It's not us being, you know, super supportive and whatever to gain votes or to do anything. This is who we are. This is who our parents are. And um, so we try and, you know, show that it's—it's it's a very normal thing. <laughs> Gay people are not unicorns. <laughs> we exist <laughs> all
1: over. <laughs> One of my friends messaged me when he found out that. I was interviewing you, and he was like, "Could you imagine if your dad was running for senate, and they like uncovered some of your grinder messages from college?" And I was like, "No, that oh, would yeah. no, because I would just die. I would just literally bury myself in my backyard. That's oh, what yeah. would happen."
0: There's, you know. <laughs> You definitely open yourself up to a lot of like publicity stuff, and you know, all of my social media is very public simply for the fact that I don't feel like I have anything to hide. I try and be a really open book. If it shouldn't go out to all of my friends, why then it shouldn't go out, <laughs> in my opinion. So I try and make everything just very open and honest and, and genuine on that kind of stuff. Are there, you know, messages from when I was? You know 18 and trying to figure out all that stuff about life absolutely everyone has that kind of stuff but you just kind of rolled with the punches <laughs> yeah, um and people can say whatever and i'm i, I have pretty thick skin so yeah you kind of have to mm. a little bit I, you know i've also been very lucky though from a how people have taken this whole thing it, it's been from a very positive angle i have not really had any negative anything about it. The one thing that happened was that Rory Moore tweeted a link to the article that came out shortly after he lost, and even his supporters went after him about it, that like, he had already lost, why would you go after your opponent's son after you've lost? That was the only negative thing that happened, so I got so much overwhelming support from people, and you know, our family did, and it was never, I you know as I said I got really really lucky there wasn't any negative anything What did he say? He didn't say anything. He just and that's probably what made it worse <laughs> was that he didn't yeah. he didn't say anything. He just took a link to the article and put it on his Facebook or one of his staff did. We don't really know. Just to be nasty. <laughs> you know, so to to rile his base and his base didn't respond the way he thought they were going to. So that's also really refreshing in a one it's like really like, wow. Yeah, that's, that I, I agree. You that's know, a moment. Um, I think that, you know, he may have think that the election was stolen from him or whatever. Who knows what he thinks, but people seem to accept the results as, as they happened and move forward. So
1: Coming from Denver to Birmingham, is the dating scene a lot different here?
0: Well, there's just a lot fewer people. A lot of people know who I am here, which is, I kind of like in Denver, the community is so much larger that I can go places, and one or two people might recognize me, but being kind of anonymous in the crowd is is part of the fun. So dating in Birmingham is, you know, it's just a lot smaller, there's a lot fewer people. And for me personally, I haven't also really like, figured out where I'm gonna settle yet so like I'm kind of a planner it's hard for me to like date someone in a place that I'm not sure how much longer I'm gonna be there it's hard for me to date in Denver because I knew that when my master's was up I couldn't afford to live there without a job so it's a struggle for sure (laughs) I'm also not very good at dating so um, that has its own things but no you you cannot
1: be worse than me no (laughs) no doubt
0: there's not a lot of like Birmingham is, doesn't really have a huge young people population. It's actually kind of like suffering from this problem where most young people are moving out of Birmingham. There's not a ton of job growth here right now. You know, all my friends from high school, they're in Atlanta, they're in Nashville, they're in DC. So there's, the pool is also small because, you know, I want to date someone close to my age and all that kind of stuff. And there's, there's not as many young people moving here.
1: When we were riding in, we come through. We came through like Meridian, Mississippi, and through Tuscaloosa, but it was like, wow, hills and steeples, hills and steeples, churches and hills and churches and hills, and coming into Birmingham, I was like, wow, you know, it was like, this is like a a really nice city. It's it I don't is, know.
0: it's grown a lot. It's changed a lot. It's. You know, Birmingham, the city, is is a little bit more liberal than kind of the rest of the area and the the rest of the state. It's not Atlanta. It's not as big as Atlanta is. It's not as progressive as Atlanta is. But there's a lot of amazing things happening in this city. Um, Is the gay scene? happening. very small. (laughs) It's happening. It's growing. I think there's three gay bars now. It's kind of one of those everyone knows everyone's situations. It's definitely becoming a lot more visible. I mean, I went to Pride this year for the first time and it was very well attended. I mean, there was a ton of people. The parade was great. It was honestly a little bit surprising for me to see because I hadn't seen it before. And um, Birmingham is growing up Um, and that's good to see.
1: We have a couple of gay festivals on the coast in the city where we're from, but we don't have like, we have a pride day, but we don't have a pride parade.
0: Interesting. And And see, Birmingham actually just celebrated like 40 years of pride or something, which for Birmingham, you think, wow, like 40 years. That's that's pretty impressive. That's really impressive.
1: (laughs) But I think that like the great thing about the South is that there are these places where people are accepted for who they are people and people just don't know. And I'll tell people like if I'm traveling for work, I'm like oh, I'm from Mississippi and they're like, oh, that's gotta be really terrible. And I'm like, oh, well, not really. It's really not that bad, like I can,
0: yeah, you know? I definitely when people hear that I'm from Alabama, there's not there's never a warm and fuzzy reaction. <laughs> so I think that that kind of we're trying to change the perception a uh, little bit by little bit. Yeah.
1: I um I almost think even like in Trump's America it's almost better for the gay community because they're coming back together again. The only thing in Mississippi as far as community for gay people is the bar. And like that's just yeah. what it is. It's supposed to always been. And it's 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 a good thing. It could be a bad thing for some, but you know, that's just what you have. And I've never been to like a protest to be honest, or I'm not just like one person who's like, whoo or like wears like rainbow shirts. But I just feel like it's really important to be active right now.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm gonna disagree with one thing that you said quickly. It's not Trump's America. This is our America. He may be in charge right now, but like that time will pass. I don't like to think of it that way because while I think most people would agree that this is a dark time, it will end. It's not not a forever thing. Uh, we may take steps back, but we will take those steps forward again. I fully believe that. I have to believe that. But I think that the gay community can be really hard on each other. <laughs> yes. Like we're really mean to each other. For a community that wants to be, you know, included and accepted and supported. We're not very good at doing those things of one another if you're not perfect and abs oh and my God. you know, no fats, no, no
1: black people, just a preference yeah. though. Like what what are you even talking about?
0: Yeah, so we're you know, I think that we have to consistently remember that we have to love one another as well. We can't just demand love and, and respect and everything from other people if we're not willing to give that to one another. Absolutely. Um, in that aspect, I think you're exactly right. It's Trump has, in some ways, given us something to kind of fight for again because we have this administration that was very happy with to support us and we made a lot of strides in the last four years and made a lot of strides very quickly and to kind of be set back just a little bit It kind of gives us that that vigor that we need again to like get back, get going. Remember that there's always things to be talking about, communicating, and fighting for. I say Trump's America. It's just like a (laughs) no. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I, I understand. God, it
1: really does feel like that sometimes, especially like on my own social media. It's just God bless. There was like a meme, probably the best thing I've seen in a long time, and it was like, my parents in 1996, don't get on the internet, don't trust anything you see ever. Then oh like, my gosh. Then my parents in 2018, freedomeagle.facebook said Hillary invented AIDS. And I was yeah, just like, this no, is the best thing I've ever crazy. seen.
0: It's a journalist in, in, for the Birmingham News came up with this term, the Alabamification of America. And if you sit back and you think about it, you know, like Alabama... Politics and and everything has really struggled in the last year, two years, five years, 10 years. You know, in the last two years, we've had a governor resign because of sexual scandal. We had the Speaker of the House was indicted, and then Chief Justice Roy Moore was removed. So like, all of these crazy things are happening in the state politics here, and people seem to live somewhat in this very divided, very polarized, way and now we're seeing that happen on this national scale where it doesn't seem like people are able to talk to one another, they're just talking at each other. <laughs> um, and that's has set Alabama back significantly because we cannot talk to each other in the way that we should. It's.
1: accurate you should be able to like have a debate with people and that's something that I think our generation really gets lost on I have people who will delete people off Facebook for their views like that we'll go into like these crazy Facebook debates which I can't do that anymore I used to do that a lot when I was when I was younger but I I just can't it just gets my blood pressure rising but it's like how do we get there how do we get to that point where we can
0: talk to each other. Yeah, my dad, a lot of times he likes to say, dialogue's not monologues. It's not about talking at each other, that does absolutely nothing. You have to talk with one another, and talking with someone involves listening to them. <laughs> and so, I think a lot of times, younger people and, and older people as well, you know, get it into their mind that, like, oh, it's the First Amendment, I have my right to speak my mind, and I. social media has made everyone's opinion very relevant because everyone has this like audience that they've never had before. And so especially when you're looking on social media, people say things on social media they would never say to someone's face. Um, And so it's given this little mini platform and mini pulpit to talk from and they're talking to people, it's never a positive, really never a positive dialogue. There are very few social media discussions that I see go anywhere productive. And we can't make progress if we're not willing to listen to people.
1: So where do you see yourself in the next five or 10 years? Do you think you're gonna stay in the South? Do you think you're gonna I have no venture idea. on?
0: I have spent, I'm a type A person. I like to plan. I, I like to do all those things. You know, I started working on my master's and as I was getting done, I was looking for jobs, and my my field is so competitive. There are so many people that wanna work with animals, there are so many people that have experience, and kind of in the field, if you're not willing to move, then you're gonna have a really hard time getting a job. And so I've always been really open to going just about anywhere. And that could be the same thing here. I I have a job right now that kind of ends here uh, in, in November, December, and then who knows? I can still be here. I can move to the other side of the country. I applied for a job in Australia. Like, you know, I'm really not tied to going to any one place. For the first time in my life, just being like, it'll be fine. It's gonna work out, it's gonna be okay. Are your parents happy to have you home? Oh my gosh, my mom's thrilled. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I've lived far away for two years. Um, before that, I spent some time in Australia. My mom is happy to have me home, ready for me to get a full-time job and stay here. <laughs> yeah, they, they love it. You know, it, it works out well, too. They, they're they doing a lot of traveling right now. I think the travel schedule is much more intense than we anticipated it would be, but it's, it's all good stuff, it's all exciting, so I can kind of, keep the house and keep the dogs and make sure that everything runs smoothly and they can attend to all the things that they need to attend to but it's it's good to it's good to be home
1: (laughs) thanks to carson jones for sitting down with me and amanda mccoy jordan marie smith and davin Coburn for producing this episode of out here in america we'll be back in two weeks with more stories like this But in the meantime, subscribe to Out Here in America on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Leave us a review, and we'll see y'all soon on Out Here in America.